Hey, y'all, you're listening to the Join the Journey podcast. To learn more about today's reading or to read along with us, check out jointhejourney.com. What's up, podcast people? So glad you're on the journey with us. My name is Trevor Evans, and I'm the Men's Single Adults Coordinator here at Watermark Community Church. Shout out to Gather, our ministry for singles in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, and Oasis, our single parent family ministry. I'm filling in for a few episodes while your favorite host, Emma Dodder, is out of the podcast studio. Dude, I wish there was like a, like an awe track I could hit, just like a ch- aww. Emma, if you're listening, that might be a good investment. So anyway, uh, that's the sad news, but the good news is uh, I get to be with you for a couple of days. And I'm excited about that. My, uh, just a, a few things about me real quick. I have a wife named Shannon who uh, is just a sweet, awesome woman that has borne me two sons just recently. Uh, Jude is 17 months old, and my newest son, Sage, is at the time of recording about to be born. So as you're hearing this, I have a newborn in the house. So we're really excited. We're really blessed. Uh, But we're just going to jump into James chapter four today. And we could discuss a plethora of topics. James reminds me of Proverbs in the way it gives quick little bits of information back to back to back. In this chapter alone, we could touch on striving in Christian community, compromising the faith, humility, judgment, and the misconceptions of it, dependence on God, the challenge to live according to what we know in the Lord. But my friends, we've got like seven minutes together today. So I've slimmed this chunky text down a bit to one big takeaway. And that's compromise may be attractive, but it's destructive. And this thought comes from verse four, which says, you adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Before we break this verse down, it's important to remember who James is writing to. He's writing to the church, specifically Jewish Christians scattered among the nations. And we need to keep this in mind, okay? So get it in your mind, the church. To the church in verse four, he says, you adulterous people. And right here, you may think you can tune out because you're thinking, okay, I'm not married or I don't cheat on my wife or my husband, uh, but don't tune out because this is Old Testament vocabulary and its meaning is attached to idolatry. James isn't saying you people who are sleeping around on your spouses. He's rebuking the church for stepping outside of their covenant with God, namely in their friendship with the world. The original Greek is actually the feminine word for adulterers, which is adulteresses. And this is purposeful. It emphasizes that the church, being the bride of Christ, is committing adultery when she chooses to love the world. And then he continues, he says, do you not know? In this language would be like me saying to a friend that's about to eat peanut butter, even though he is allergic to peanut butter. Like, come on, bro, are you serious? Did you forget? Pretty much he's saying, I'm about to remind you of something you should already know. And he says, friendship with the world is enmity with God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. What James is saying is, church, if you choose to accept the corrupt value system of the fallen kingdom, loving that which is in rebellion of God rather than resisting it, in that compromise, you are choosing to stand against the God of the universe. So the obvious question we should want the answer to is, well, how do you make friends with the world? You want the answer? You accept that which God is opposed to. And sadly, friends, this is the extremely popular in mainstream churches today. They claim to be the bride of Christ, 
but they're holding hands with the world and acknowledging the corrupt culture as acceptable to God instead of hostile toward Him. The terms you might know this by are Christian liberalism or progressive Christianity. It is the simultaneous act of waving the banner of Christ while spitting in His face. It's a perversion of Christianity, and that may sound harsh, but it's true. There was a pastor you may know of. His name is Joshua Harris, who pastored a mega church in Gaithersburg, Maryland, and wrote a popular book called I Kiss Dating Goodbye. And in 2019, the Christian community was shook when he announced that he was stepping away from Christianity. Joshua had deconstructed his faith and began making friends with the world. His views changed on the culture, specifically in regards to sexuality, and he began to accept a different worldview. In an interview, he said, I don't think, though, that for me, in that change of interpretation of such a fundamental level when it comes to sexuality, it's almost easier for me to contemplate throwing out all Christianity rather than transforming Christianity or reformulating it in order to develop a new sexual ethic. And in a post, he made the comment, by all the measures I have for defining a Christian, I am not a Christian. He could have just said he was a progressive Christian, but instead he said, I'm not trying to change Christianity. I'm just saying I'm not a Christian. The deconstruction is heartbreaking, but what I want us to recognize is the basic honesty Joshua had. He understood that there are two absolutely opposing worldviews, and they are basically not reconcilable. There's no reconciliation possible between the biblical worldview and the modern secular worldview. Joshua realized that you can't be friends with God and the world. Sadly, he chose the attractive and destructive route of friendship with the world. And this is the reason we need to pause on this verse and ask, what are we going to do? When compromise looks attractive, when befriending the world seems easier to gain a following, and when accepting that which God opposes is safer than standing for the truth, are we going to compromise? Or will we remain a faithful friend of God? So what do we do with this church? Verse 5 says that the spirit within us yearns jealously, meaning that for the Christian, the spirit that dwells in us has a strong desire for our full devotion. Because of this, we will be convicted when we are prone to wander. And when we humbly turn to repent, verse 6 says that God will give us more grace. So what do we do? We stay humble, submit to God, and respond with repentance when we are convicted of our sin to befriend the world. We also need to play our part, not befriending the world, but proclaiming to those in the world of the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ, sharing the truth in love, like Ephesians 4.15 says. So here are my ending remarks. When compromising and befriending the world looks attractive, remember that it's destructive and continue to be a faithful friend of God. Friends, I'm excited to be with you for the next couple weeks. Let's keep journeying together. Thanks for listening. Did you know you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? Leaving a review helps others more easily find the podcast and read along with us. So we'd love your help.